Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 72 of our 120-day Upper Room prayer campaign. And today we're going to pray for change because things need to change. I have a straightforward word from the Lord that many of us need to hear and grab hold of because there's a changing of the guard, a shifting of the season. And God has been moving to prepare a people to bring forth his purposes, to bring more than momentary demonstrations of his power and glory, but to bring life-altering, culture-shifting changes that will stand for generations. Today, I want you to begin to think about the things and testimonies that carry forth through the ages, through the generations. And they are usually not so much the quick activations, the healings. For example, we have a man who was healed out of a wheelchair within our church and many of the people that were there when he stood up are not even saved anymore. Witnessing that quick healing was not enough to submit their believing, but it's when a life is truly changed by the power of God's grace that generations will talk about the impossible thing that God did. When I think back on the church that I experienced as a kid, there were uncountable healings throughout my life, and I could barely remember to give you the names of most of them now. It became commonplace. But when I think about God's grace, there are a few faces that truly stand out. My grandfather, of course, being one, he was a man of absolute humility. He's the one who founded our church. He was the pastor there for many years. He walked in such integrity. And there were so many testimonies in his life of the way that God changed him and set him on fire and made him a man that to this day, every time his name is mentioned, people reverence and speak about the great integrity and peace and humility and love and kindness and patience and all of the fruits of the spirit that were manifested in him and through his life. That even beyond all of the quick miracles and healings and things that we think might capture our mind, that is the thing that survives the test of time and changed his children and grandchildren and many families for generations because that it breaks the lie of the enemy when the enemy comes in to say look at the culture around you look at how it's shifting look at how impossible it is to walk with humility look how you cannot truly produce these fruits of the spirit you can stand and say no there is a man who broke that lie because he was willing to lay down his life and walk his faith out to be humble enough to pray and seek the Lord and wait for him to produce the peaceable fruits of righteousness and the greater manifestations through his life that he became the demonstration of the power of our Christ. So today we're talking about living a life of legacy, that life that for generations is talked about and used as a testimony that cast all the lies of the enemy out, that takes away people's doubt, and that encourages people to walk out their faith with purity, to see that they are changed and produce a true testimony. 
There was another elderly man in our church. Mentally, he was a bit slow. He had the mind somewhat of a child, but he was so faithful with great childlike love for the Lord. He would literally get on a bike and ride miles and miles to make sure he was there for every single service. Of course, my grandfather would get in his truck and go out and pick him up because he knew that Brother Jake was coming to church if he had to ride his bike from four towns away to get there. So he would go meet him, pick him up, and bring him into every service. He was such a faithful man of God. But through all of the years, all of the people who fought for the stage, who wanted to get up and perform and have their face seen, and their voice heard, who came and who went and who were not faithful to stick it out. When I think of faithfulness, of purity, and of endurance, I think of old brother Jake because as long as I lived, he never missed a service. He was faithful. He worshiped. He showed up. He didn't waver. He stood in faith. I will give you his testimony because I think it's so precious. He got saved, I believe it was in the 20s, and him and his buddies, they were young teenagers and they had gone into an african-american church to make fun of them because of the charismatic way that they had service but they welcomed him in and they loved him and they demonstrated the fruits of the spirit patience kindness gentleness joy all of the things we've been talking about and in that service the holy spirit got a hold of him and he got saved that day and his life was forever changed he became a demonstration of grace. And he never wavered from his faith. And I think for young people growing up in church, what they need more than anything is to see those examples of humility and of endurance, of faithfulness, of those who were able to stick it out. It doesn't matter if they never did any great work. Because Brother Jake, all he did was serve. His job every service was to put out the hymnals at the beginning of service and to pick them up after. That was the only thing he ever did, but he did it with faithfulness. And I assure you, my friend, that he will have a greater place in heaven than many a TV evangelist because that he held his testimony and implanted faith into generations to come after him that God's grace can keep you unwavering, secure in the love of the Lord. He wasn't looking for a position. He wasn't looking for attention. He was just looking to love God and to love people and to do what little he could to the best of his ability to serve his king. And for that, his name is still being mentioned decades after his passing. While many of the would-be pastors and teachers and worship leaders are forgotten because that they were seeking after positions and giftings and attentions but their life was not made a lasting witness it's time for change it's time for god to raise up a people of legacy that can lead by example prove the power of god's life-changing grace and leave a legacy for their children and grandchildren and those around them to grab hold of that will break the lies of the enemy in these dark days and the darker days to come this is not the easy calling. This is not the glorious calling. But this is the needed calling. Will you answer the call? You know, it's in those times that we move in this great, lasting faith that true miracles take place. 
mentioned before that I couldn't count the times healings have manifested in our church. We are, I'm a third generation minister. I've been in this all my life and I've seen it so much that we never want it to become commonplace. But God is a healing God. God is a miracle working God. God is a faithful God. These things happen every day. But the big miracles, the testimonies that take place in our mind that we begin to speak about that are carried for generation to generation are the ones that came in the waiting. We talked about it yesterday, how all of the great men and women of God through scripture were faithful to God in the waiting, in those things that took time to bring about. And it was those things that were passed down and talked about. For generations that stirred people in the true faith of how powerful God really is. Because those are the things that no man can counterfeit. For example, our church, when it was built, my grandfather sought the Lord and God had given him a location for the place of the church. At the time, there was no road. It was a muddy field in the middle of nowhere. The road was about a half a mile away following the river. And my dad, who was eight years old at the time that they built the church, he thought they are crazy. Why are they building this church in the middle of a muddy field in the middle of nowhere? The first day of service was Mother's Day and they had to literally take their shoes off and walk through the field in the mud to get to the building. But he had heard a word from the Lord and he was faithful and he was obedient to do what the Lord said, even though it did not make sense. Well, within a few years, the highway department came through and they built a new bridge over the Atchafalaya River and they put a new highway and the highway fell literally right in front of the church and they didn't even lose one inch of property in the process. The highway landed literally exactly on the property line. God had purpose in the positioning because he was going to bring the traffic a major highway highway one over a major bridge that is now considered the crossroads of the state god had purpose in the positioning but it took faith to stand in it when it did not make sense and it was these long processes of faith that we still talk about to this day Though that was three generations ago, that testimony is still going forth to prove the impossible power of our Lord when we have faith in what he has to say. Because no man could counterfeit that miracle. If my grandfather had just done what made sense, he would have taken matters into his own hands and just bought a church that already was standing in a good location, but no one would be talking about it today. It's the impossible things that we do in obedience that don't make sense but over time are proven to make sense by God that prove the present power of God and stir faith because faith has to be a present thing. In scripture, faith is placed between two present tense, now and is, now faith is. Your faith needs to be present now. Every day it needs to be present. His mercies are new every day. His grace is sufficient. Every day when faith is released, every day single day we need a faith that changes things because it is a present tense faith that we are living in we need to walk in faith daily my grandfather was given a word and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word and he walked presently in that faith positioning his church in a place that did not make sense because that God had told him something that was coming 
because now faith is the substance of things hoped for but because we hope for it in the future and we're waiting for it to come to pass it's not a future faith it's a faith right now that affects us in the here and now he couldn't say well we'll just wait until God does this thing because then the property would have no longer been for sale he would have missed his positioning he had to move in faith in the present for what God was speaking so that he could be positioned for the promise that was coming there was a time in my life when the Lord had spoken to me about my husband at the time we weren't married we weren't even together but the Lord had given me a word and I knew that's who God was calling to be my husband but I didn't say anything to him I just sought the Lord and prayed about it knowing that if God was able to tell me then he would also tell him and in the right timing he would bring that thing about which of course he did because God is faithful to work these things out but in the process if I truly had faith in what I had heard from him I had to live and walk in it in the moment because faith is a present tense thing true faith will change who you are now so that even though we were not yet together I had faith for what the Lord had spoken would be so that there was no more seeking there was no more looking I couldn't continue to just date and assume that that was okay because the Lord had already spoken and if I truly had faith then I would start to walk in it. There are many people that God has promised a ministry. He's given you a glimpse of the calling that's on your life but if you truly have faith in that thing you need to start walking in it now living now like you're already there. So that you need to change the way that you're dressing. You need to change the way that you're talking. You need to change the way that you are representing yourself because you are representing him. Because you will represent him once that you walk in that thing that he's called you to. If you truly believe that he has and he will, then live like it now. There are things that I have laid down. Not because of where I am now, but because of where I know God is going to take me. And while those things may not affect me now, they would break me then so that in faith I've dealt with them. Because faith is here now. It is a present tense. We all know that Jesus is coming back again. But do we really believe it? Because does it affect you every day? Do you live in a way that you would be prepared if he showed up today? Because though it is a future thing, if we truly believe in it, it will affect us in the here and the now. It will cause us to ready ourselves. It will cause us to reach as many as we can in the waiting because that we have true faith for what is coming faith is present tense even if we are believing for something to come if we truly have faith in it it will affect us now the same thing applies to the past we may say that we have faith in what Jesus did on the cross that the son of God literally came down was born in a manger lived a humble selfless sacrificial life and then was crucified for our sins and transgressions that we might be saved from the enemy washed cleansed set free but if we truly believe what he did back then if there is real faith in it it will change us in the here and now because we can't say that we just believe that it happened and really have faith 
We have to believe in what it affords us today to say that we really have faith. Because if it really happened, then that means I really have access to freedom. And to believe it now is the fruit of faith faith to believe now that because of Jesus we have overcome death hell and the grave that because he bore stripes and was beaten then that now is made available our healing that because the Holy Spirit was released then that now he can dwell within us and empower us with all of his fruits and giftings to believe to truly say that we have faith in what he did then we have to believe in what it does for us in the present Faith is a present thing. It is here now. And when you truly come to understand this and walk in it, walk in faith, it changes you. I think that much of the church is looking back to past things, to past revivals, and they're looking forward to future events and new manifestations, but they're not moving in the present demonstration of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ who empowers you right now to live a holy and godly life to be the example the witness of Jesus Christ that shows a generation that the devil is a liar that they can be set free that they can be changed that they can be delivered that they can be healed that they can endure Are you the one they've been waiting for? Because my grandfather's willingness to be the demonstration over the long term with his life and not just seek out quick manifestations and weekend entertainments has caused many a generation in many different families to stand in faith and is still producing legacy today in that I am ministering to all of you because of the fruit that he produced this is the real power of the kingdom and God says it's time to release it because for many it has been forgotten many of us understand the difference between logos and rhema logos is the written word of God the scripture the Bible and rhema is the present tense spoken word of the Lord that comes to us by the Holy Spirit and we understand that we are saved by grace through faith And that grace is literally the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what saves us, but it is released when we have faith in what is written in the word. So that I give you a revelation today that you cannot be saved by Logos without the rhema. Because without the present tense word of the Lord, the Holy Spirit coming to you now and revealing the truth of the written word of God, you will never even come to see and believe it. So that faith has to be a present tense experience. Your life can demonstrate in the present the reality of what was written in the scripture from the past and give people faith for what is coming to pass. Be the demonstration that the kingdom of God is here now inside of us, coming through us, proving his truth to the generations with our life. Oh God, make us that living sacrifice. You see, the present tense spoken word of the Lord reveals to you the written word of the Lord, how true it is and how much you need to surrender to it. The Bible says that the letter killeth, but the spirit 
brings to life. The logos, the written word, it kills your flesh. But the spirit of God then comes to bring your spirit to life. Yes, we need the written word of God. It is invaluable. But if all you have is an intellectual Christianity, you are not saved. There is no saving grace, which is the power of the Holy Spirit that comes to resurrect you into newness of life. The law, what is in the scripture, shows you what is wrong with you. The word of God in the New Testament says that the law is perfect for the converting of the soul. It is a mirror. It shows us what is wrong. It shows us what sin is. It is our discernment. It is a moral basis of righteousness, of what God says is right. The law, the word shows you what's wrong with you. But then the Holy Spirit comes and shows you how to fix it. In other words, it's like a baptism in the word. You go down and you die, you come up and you are revived. The Logos crucifies and the Rhema resurrects. Preaching the written word of God shows people their wretched need to be saved. But then it's going to the altar and praying that causes them to be saved. The written word shows us what's wrong. But the rhema, the present tense word of the Holy Spirit speaking directly to our heart is what brings us to life. It resurrects us. It shows us the power of our Christ. We have to come to him in prayer, meet the Holy Spirit there and talk to him, cry out to him, confess our sin, be willing to repent and turn away from it and believe right now in the present tense power of our God and his Holy Spirit to deliver us from the curse of sin and death and to empower us to walk in true grace, which is favor, power, and divine influence, that our lives might be truly changed, that others might see it and believe, that the world may know that our God truly is a present tense, living, powerful King. Because you see, my friend, all that has already happened should give you faith for all that has not yet happened so that you can walk in true unwavering faith right now in the present. We've got to start realizing that if we look back to the past, if it doesn't change you in the present, then you don't have faith in it. And when we look forward to the future, to the promises, if it doesn't give us faith to walk right now as though they already are, then we don't really have faith in it. Faith has to be a present tense action. It should change you where you are today. That's the grace that is released by faith, real faith. It causes you to hear him, to believe him, to get into position when it does not make sense, to stand and possess a land with faithfulness, not murmuring or complaining like the Israelites, but praising and thanking in true faith, demonstrating that what you have been told is coming is changing you now. We've got to learn to watch our mouth or you'll poison the very ground that God intended your promise to grow out of. 
Watch your unbelief, your doubt, and your fear. Or the enemy will cause you to take actions that will cause you to move impulsively, to step out and move ahead of God, to run out of your cave while Saul is still outside hunting you. David was given a promise and he believed for that kingship. But there was a season of waiting and cultivating while God was producing the peaceable fruits of righteousness in him so that he could hold the position in a way that would influence generations in their faith because God wants to do a mighty work with you. He doesn't want to just use you in a weekend experience. He doesn't just want to use you in a quick manifestation. He wants to use you in a lifelong demonstration that will bring activations of faith for generations to come. My friend David was hiding in a cave and he sought the Lord there and he had patience. He let the Lord prune him and produce those peaceable fruits of righteousness in him. And he waited on the Lord in his season. He didn't try to get ahead of God and take it by force or make it happen. Because if he would have come out of that cave prematurely and forfeited his waiting, he'd have walked right out on Saul who was hunting to kill him. And I think that many a people are given a promise and they get impatient, not allowing the Lord to produce those good fruits in them. And they run out of their cave season trying to make things happen. And God has not tied up the loose ends and remove the Saul's himself and set the stage for you because my friend you've got to learn to allow God to clear the stage before he can set it because if David would have come out of that cave Saul would have been there waiting and of course we understand that Saul is a type for the devil the devil is setting traps for you he is hunting for those who God is preparing to use and if you run out ahead of God's timing He will destroy you. But if you will have faith and wait upon the Lord, God will move to remove every enemy before you and you will get glory as he proves his approval of you in the process and produces a story, a testimony that will have yoke breaking, nation shaking, faith awakening power. For generations, he will make you a man or woman of legacy. My friend, watch your pride. Our offense will cause you to be cut off from the very people that God is planning to use to launch your promise. Real faith lives for the promise right now like it already is. Because it is. If God spoke it, then it is. If he spoke it with a condition, then meet the condition, and it is. If he spoke it without a condition, then it is. Keep waiting and living as though it already is. Once the words have gone forth out of God's mouth, they cannot return void. They will accomplish that which they have been sent forth to do because God is the creator. When he speaks what he speaks, he speaks into existence. If he has spoken it, it will be because he spoke it. He said, let there be light and there was light. He didn't give a condition. He said, there is light, there is light. It manifests into existence when he speaks it. His words are creation. Do you believe it? 
Now we understand that many of the promises of God come with conditions, conditions of faith, conditions of righteousness, conditions of remaining in Christ. So if he has spoken the condition, then simply meet the condition. But if he has not spoken a condition, then just stand and hold your position because the promise is coming and he wants a people with enough faith to bring forth the big miracles that are talked about for generations. My friend, I will step in to legacy because I have seen the power of it demonstrated to me. And the word of the Lord today is that he is calling for a people of faith and of selfless humility that will live sacrificially so that he can position them to be men and women of legacy who will influence generations to come because it's time for things to change. So why has this been lost? Why do we not see this very much anymore? And here's the problem. We can hinder our own promise by lacking in areas of fruitfulness. And I don't say that this is completely lost to the faith. I know this is demonstrated all over the world every day. But in America, it is severely lacking. And this is why the church is losing the fight for this territory. But in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, he is turning the tide and taking it back. And raising up a people who will lay down their pride and their very life. To be the demonstration of the blood of Jesus Christ. Not just to seek the demonstration, to be the demonstration. And overall, the major hindrance to seeing these promises of God come to pass has been a lack in the area of fruitfulness. So that he cannot yet trust you with the promises. So today, my friend, examine your fruits and allow him to grow you in the areas that he needs to because gifts and positions can come in an instant it's the fruits that take time to grow so when there comes that time of waiting that we go through it's usually a fruit issue that he's trying to correct in you and of course we understand that the fruits are character there are character issues we are not rightly representing the holy spirit And if we misrepresent him, we will grieve him and he will depart. He will have no part in those who bring shame and reproach upon the name of the Lord. Fruits only come in their proper seasons through pruning and abiding. But once they come to the fullness, so will your promise. Then the gifts and callings will happen suddenly. We love the suddenlies. But unless we have the right character cultivated in the waiting, then those gifts and callings can be lost as suddenly as they came because we'll do things that bring shame and reproach upon God's name and grieve the Holy Spirit. So my friend, he wants a people that are pure of heart, clean of hand, so the King of glory can enter in. He needs a people of endurance because those who endure till the end, they shall be saved and they shall save many men through the faithfulness of their endurance. They prove the grace, the overcoming power. Of our Christ. So be patient. God wants to do a work in you. 
Remember that God himself said through the prophets that I will come and I will take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And then I will put my spirit within you and then you will walk in my statutes. So my friend, we've got to get his heart, his character before we get his gifts so that we will be able to walk out his purposes with faithfulness. Because he wants to raise up men and women of legacy that will bring real and lasting changes that will stir faith, holiness, and godliness for generations. And that won't come through quick manifestations. That will only come through lifelong demonstrations of real faith that change things, people, and places. Elijah called fire down from heaven in the sight of nearly all of the nation. There was a manifestation. He called together all the priests and prophetess of Baal and of Astra. And he told them, look, if you can get your God to call fire down on this sacrifice, we're going to see today who is the real God. And so they spent hours and hours and hours crying out and nothing happened. And then Elijah steps out and he prepares his sacrifice on the altar of the Lord and he pours water all over it, makes it impossible, absolutely impossible. And then prays and calls fire down and the God of Elijah sends an instant manifestation, fire from heaven that burnt up the sacrifice and dried up all of the water and the people fell on their face because they saw this miracle manifestation and they worshiped and they cried out to God and they tore down the altars of Baal and they killed all the prophets of Baal. This looks like a pretty good revival, but it didn't change anything because the manifestation didn't change them. It didn't hold them Uh, within a very short matter of time. They were back in their sin. Most of them. The Israelites saw such great miracle manifestations, such powerful moves of God through the plagues of Egypt and even the parting of the Red Sea. Yet so quickly did they turn back to worshiping the enemy because they were used to such quick gratification. They were looking for the next manifestation and it did not change them. My friend, miracle manifestations will not sustain you. The purpose in miracles and healings is to validate the message, the word of the person that is pointing to the one who did the miracle, who brought the healing, who manifest himself for us so that we can look at him and see the fruits that his life produced because you see Ezra was a scribe he did no miracle manifestation all he did was read the word of God to the people and it changed nearly everyone for generations Jesus lived humbly and demonstrated the fruits of the spirit and it changed nearly everyone and still does to this day and will for all generations The apostles of the early church preached the word and demonstrated the fruits of the spirit and it changed the world. Even to this day, we are still talking about the things that they endured in faith because that they produced the peaceable fruits of righteousness. They were willing to endure till they end. They were all in. They were in it to win it. They were running the race to complete it, not just to get another quick manifestation that would not sustain anyone. My friend, I am not against miracles. 
I have lived by them. I am not against healings. I have seen them all my life and I will pray for them every opportunity that I get. But that is not what keeps people in. I've been in this long enough to see them come and them go. And that is not what sustains people. It is the demonstration of our life when we allow ourselves to be changed, to be pruned, to produce the peaceable fruits of righteousness that will will cause people to walk in the steadfastness of our God. And when we do this, when we allow him to produce the fullness of those fruits in us, he can then trust to empower us with the gifts of the spirit because that he knows that we won't be doing it for our own glory or for our own attention, but that we will use it as equipment to point people back to the message that things have to change. So today, my friend, I pray that you will pray with me as we pray, God, change me. Not God empower me, not God promote me, not God bless me. Those things are selfish prayers that will affect the here and the now, the kingdom that we walk in. It will build our kingdom, but it will not build generational change. I want to be a woman of legacy. I want to see changes come forth in my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and the great-grandchildren of those around me because that I have walked in legacy. And the only thing that is going to do that is for them to see a lifelong change in me. We must be born again, a whole new creature in Christ God. Right now, we repent of our sin. We repent of our selfishness. We repent of continually asking you for power and for promotion and for blessing. And we humble ourselves before you today and just pray, God, change me. I don't want to just see a demonstration. I want to be a demonstration. God, make me a witness. The real reason that the Holy Spirit was given to produce the fruits of the Spirit and then to equip us with the gifts of the Spirit to be a witness to the life-changing power of God's grace to our friends and family so God changes. It's time for a change. Things will not be done as they were yesterday. You're bringing us back to the foundation of biblical faith. God, we need your word. We need to believe it and we need to allow it to prune us, to cultivate us, to change us that we might be a living sacrifice, a demonstration of the power of our Christ, of endurance, of purity, of holiness, of righteousness, of right standing, of faithfulness, of kindness, of humility, of uncommon love and compassion, of brokenness for the loss, of joy in faith as we carry our cross, of sacrificial selflessness, of purity, of patience, of faithful waiting. Make us a people that are more concerned with building the generations than building our own stages. Because the enemy, he knows that if you raise up a child in the way that they should go when they are old, they will not depart from it. So the enemy works on the generations. He works on the children. He works 
in the long term, but the church has become so selfish, so self-centered and self-focused that all we want is to build our own platform, our own stages, our own performance, our own kingdom that we're not building selflessly for the generations and we're losing the fight for the territory of the hearts and the minds of the people, but not me, not you, my friend. Today, things are gonna change because God, we are crying out in humble submission. We are hearing the voice of your spirit. We see that the wind is changing. There was a time and a season for those quick manifestations. They were needed But people have stopped following the leading of your spirit and started following flesh and selfishness and witchcraft and everything that will lead them to what they can get in the right here, the right now. It's time to lay it down. It's time to bring it back to the foundations, which is the word of God. Let Jesus change our heart. And when he determines that that work is complete, he will send his spirit to equip and empower me. And until then, I will wait with faith and patience, walking in it in the present, living in it daily, letting it change me now so that those around me can see that the kingdom of heaven is here now demonstrated in me, through me, by me, because that he comes and prunes me and uses me to prove his power through me, not just the power to bring a quick chill or gratify somebody's need, but the power to sustain me through every trial and temptation. What good is a God, my friend, who has power over your sickness, but not over your sin, when the sin is what will lead you to hell in the end. Yes, he is the God that healeth me, but more than that, he is my Savior, my God, and my King. He's the God who changes me. The days of mass services, full of goosebumps and convulsions, but no conversions, are over, says the Spirit of the Lord. He is doing a new work. In this generation, though it is not a new work in the earth, this is not a new thing to discover. This is an old thing to recover. He is bringing it back to the foundations of biblical faith, the new creation, the new man being born again, changed, a new creature in Christ, walking in newness of life. Because God never changes, but everything he touches does. And if he has truly moved in a service, there will be conversions, not just convulsions. There will be a change. The bondages will not remain. The sin will not remain in the presence of the king. The blood of Jesus is stronger than the enemy. The Holy Spirit is stronger than temptation. God is stronger than the devil. The power of grace is stronger than all of the fakes because when real grace comes in, it changes you and delivers you from your sin. If you will release 
faith in it. You've got to believe that he is God and that nothing is too hard for him and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Repent. Get on your face. Call on his name. Seek him with all that you are and let him change you. Let him convert you. Let him make you new because if you're the same person that you used to be, then you have not been set free. My friends, you have not been touched by the king. You might have been touched by the feelings of your infirmity. You might have been moved by your emotions. You might have even been seduced by the sorcery of the enemy, but it's time for the church to be born again, freed from sin, walking in righteousness. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, it says, If you know that God is righteousness, then ye also know that everyone that does righteousness is born of him. In other words, if we are not walking in righteousness, we cannot truly say that we have been born again of him. When he touches you, he changes you. My friend, is there really a change in your life, a demonstration of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's time for a change. Let each person individually cry out today, God change me. I want to be that demonstration. I want to be what my children see when the enemy comes to them and says, you cannot abstain from this sin. I want to be the demonstration that breaks that lie of the enemy and proves to them that God is the God of impossibility, that he is a God of strength, of power and of faithfulness, and that his grace is enough. His power is enough. The enemy is not stronger than our king. We break that lie of the enemy. Devil, we do not agree with you. The blood is stronger. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Yes, we were born into sin. And yes, the natural man cannot overpower it. That's why Jesus came and died and washed us white with his blood that he might impart to us his Holy Spirit that through it we would walk in the strength, the power which is grace to overcome the enemy. This is why Jesus said that I have not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill it and to make it possible for you to walk in the statutes of my ways to even a deeper degree than it was before because in the past he said you knew that it was a sin to commit adultery but now I say it's a sin to even look with lust because that I have given my spirit to dwell within you to overpower that sin in the past you knew that it was a sin to kill a man but I tell you now that it is a sin to even allow hatred to dwell within you because that I have released my spirit he didn't lower the bar of sanctification he raised it because that he empowered us to walk by the leading of his spirit daily. We don't have to go to a priest to hear the word of the Lord. We don't have to go to the temple to experience his presence. We can come before him every single day. We can take the letter, the word of the law. We can take the Bible, look at it, see what it has to say. See what it tells us is not in alignment with what God says is right. See what is unrighteousness and sin. And then we can come to him in prayer and say, Lord, I need you to empower me in this area. I need you to produce the good fruits in me. Holy Spirit, come and bring me to newness of life by the power of my Christ. It is possible by faith to those who will believe they will 
receive and walk in righteousness. He became the curse that we might become the righteousness of God. But my friend, you've got to walk in that righteousness by faith. You've got to repent of your sin and turn away from it so that he can then come and dwell in you with the grace to sustain you each and every day. And it's going to come from that place of prayer, of communing with his spirit, because it is the spirit that brings newness of life. We need to be led of his spirit. So we've got to come to him every day and be willing to seek him so that we can hear it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, repent, that's your releasing of faith. Turn from their wicked ways. Seek my face and pray. Then I will step in. I will come. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. This changes everything. It's in the word. We've all heard it. We are just not willing to walk in it because we are clinging so tightly to the lies of the enemy and the traditions of men. My friend, God is crying to the people, come back to the foundations of biblical truth. Open your Bible and read the red letter words of Jesus Christ and see what God had to say to you. You don't need it to be interpreted away. The words of Jesus Christ were written at a third grade level. My friend, you can comprehend it if you sit and pray and say, Holy Spirit, teach it to me. Reveal it to me. It is the Spirit of God, the rhema that reveals the logos, the written to our heart. And if you are depending fully on the words of someone else, a commentary, a minister, a book, you will be deceived by the Simons who are in it only for their glory because that they wanted men to follow them. God wants you to follow him. Yes, we respect our godly leaders. God will use them to confirm the words that he is ministering to us. But if you are not feeding yourself, you will eventually be fed poison. It's time for the church to learn how to get on their knees and yearn and cry out and say, Lord, come visit me, teach me, lead me by your spirit. It's time for things to change because I need more than a weekend experience. I need more than a manifestation. I need more than to read about lives of demonstration. I need to be the demonstration for the sake of my family, for the sake of my friends, for the sake of the loss around me who are dying in their sin, for the sake of my congregation, for the sake of my generation, for the sake of this nation that is going to hell while dancing around golden calves that are teeming with false manifestations. But there's no power of the humility and meekness of grace that was in Moses because he was willing to wait upon the Lord. Impatience and desire for vainglory has choked the church of America into near non-existence. Today, God is ready to commission If you're hearing his voice, I beg you to listen, to get on your face today and pray. God, make me the demonstration. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.